Hello and welcome to Outrageous Wellness. My name is Christine Erickson. I'm a psychologist, a uh, personal trainer, a wellness coach, and I'm here with Kelsey and Charlotte. Please introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Charlotte. I am a uh, Reiki master, a business person, and spiritual explorer. Hello, I am Kelsey. I am a yoga instructor, an elementary educator, and an aspiring expert of all things occult and astrology. And we are here today with shaman Deb Heisel to talk about uh, what she does and uh, how she does it. And it's all very amazing. Uh, I met Deb several years ago when I was going through what uh, what I I could best describe as a spiritual crisis. Uh, I had on a uh, whim gone to get a tarot reading done by a tarot reader and the tarot reader. And, and it was one of those, you know, it's not that I really uh, believed, you know, like really believed in it, but I was like, I got to do something. So I saw this tarot reader and she told me when she was done, she said, you should see a shaman. And she recommended Deb. And that's how I met Deb. And the first time that I met Deb, I told her that I didn't really believe, but I was willing to try anything because something needed to change. And, uh, and she was very understanding. And since then, we've had a beautiful relationship and it's sort of grown and evolved. And uh, I am, I am proud to call her my friend now. So welcome, Deb. Hi, good to see you. Good to see all of you today. So, yes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Kelsey <laughs> says hi too. That was really like, if you heard that just like out of context, be like, who is that girl? <laughs> so. Yeah. So basically we want to know all the things. Um, but I guess to, I guess to start, where do I begin? Where do you begin? Why don't let's, let's just start with the definition of shamanism. Um, shamanism. Let me just go back and give a little bit of an origin of shamanism, uh, just to kind of set the tone. Um, and some say it's the oldest healing tradition on the planet and it dates back almost 50,000 years and if you follow it um, through the cultures of the planet it literally permeates every religion and culture on this planet so uh, it, it's it's buried in everything and I, I guess I want to say, you know, maybe 40,000 years ago, somebody really started uh, looking at his or her beliefs and started realizing there was a connection to Earth and to the stars. And we kind of fit in between those two. So they started forming this connection and developing um, relationships with the earth and all things earth and with the stars and the sky and all things uh, within that and began realizing there were uh, 
for lack of a better term, all these different dimensions uh, that, that expand out from that. Um, and uh, they were able to form connections, helping connections with the spirits and guides and teachers uh, to bring healing, to bring help um, to people living within their small tribe um, and uh, really developing that connection um, to, to make their world a better place to live. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I've also heard that shamanism isn't just about healing the individual. It's also about healing communities. Yes. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right about that. Um, because the shaman has to be, uh, it has to be connected to everything around us, everything, you know, and that includes nature in all forms and fashions, every individual being that is here, um, all guides and teachers on the other side that, that work to help us. Um, but we develop this intimate relationship between the seen and the unseen uh, for the purpose of being in service to whoever's in front of us that needs help. And that is a concern with the health and well-being of the entire community. You know, which extends to plants, animals, the, the entire environment. Uh, so it, it just brings it back down to one where we are connected to all. We are all. And I think that one thing inherent in that view is that we as human beings are also part of nature. We are not yeah. separate from nature. We're not separate from the planet. We're not separate from the universe. We are a part of it. Um, we're not on this sort of pedestal where, you know, we're in charge. I think that, I think that we're maybe more the opposite uh, and just haven't realized it yet. Uh, so, so that's an interesting way. And it's a way of, uh, of sort of breaking down some barriers with connection connecting to, uh, to our environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that is absolutely true. And once we realize that we are connected and we are on the same level as everything around us, you know, now we begin to look at everything from a totally different perspective. And now let's, let's just take that a little bit further and throwing in our past lives because um, we've all had them, and everyone that, uh, you know, we are together today, you three, myself, we are all very, very old souls, and we've done this hundreds upon hundreds of times. We've been every race, creed, color. Um, we've done it all. So once again, we've been everything. And especially with what's going on in society today, you know, the Me Too movement, the feminism movement, uh, the good old boy uh, uh, movement that's still struggling and happening. Um, but if we could look at ourselves and realize that, yes, we are in this earth suit that we're carrying today, who we are today, but in past lives, we had other earth suits. You know, we may have been an African-American. We may have been an Asian. We may have been an Indian. Um, when we look at that, then we really do begin to see that we are all one. 
we are all one. And if society could really begin to embrace that aspect of it, I, I think I think the world could be a much better place. <laughs> you know, it's interesting uh, with the past lives um, concept. Uh, I was very... Um, um, it took me a while to really accept that. Okay. But I will say that for anybody who is, who, you know, who is hesitant, uh, or doesn't really, isn't, isn't ready to accept that as part of their worldview, um, that doesn't mean that it's not a useful construct. And that's one of the things that I like to talk about here on, on the podcast is how spiritual concepts and ideas, whether they are true, and I put true in quotes, you know, as in, yeah, I have a table in front of me and I can feel it and touch it and I can, you know, turn it over if I want to, um, that doesn't mean that it's not useful. So uh, just like psychological constructs, like, uh, you know, like depression and anxiety and, um, you know, there's, there's any number of them uh, aren't things that you can touch or, or feel, you know, you know, like with your hands, they're, they're still useful and they're still real in our, you know, as, as in terms of our experience, experience uh of the world and you know just like a rorschach test uh what you see in it maybe isn't the actual picture it's how you are using that or processing it so past lives i have found very useful in terms of coming to terms with some of the issues that i have had and i am a much better, I believe, and happier person as a result. Yeah. Um, past lives uh, are important and unimportant, both at the same time. Um, if you focus too much on your past lives and not really dealing with the present where you're at now, it's taking away from why you came here to start with. But if you focus on past lives to teach you uh, or to remind you of uh, certain inherent traits uh, that you have, you know, you have those abilities to work with, um, then it's very helpful because typically in my sessions uh, with people, uh, my guides will come through and they will show me at least one past life that is inherently important um, for the client to know at that particular moment. And it may be showing them uh, something that's been dormant in their lifetime uh, up till now, you know, because they, they didn't know it existed. Um, but it could be uh, psychic abilities. It could be healing abilities. It could be teaching abilities. It could be writing a book, but it, it could be, something that it's trying to um, nudge the person in this present lifetime to remember or begin to develop uh, because it is a strength that they have. And that's how I look at past lives. 
Um, trauma happens every single lifetime that we live, every single lifetime, whether it's major or minor, there's trauma. I mean, just go back into our history and just, just remember what you've read just in the history books, let alone everything we don't know. And there, we've not been kind to one another. There's been wars and killings and, and murder and, you know, abuse. And, and it just, and it still continues to this day. But every time a trauma happens, it's energy and our bodies are energy. And it holds on to that trauma. It's like sticky glue that sticks to us. And as we come in, every lifetime that we roll in, it comes in with us. Um, like take, for example, I, I don't know, a hundred lifetimes ago, Charlotte, you, you had a heart attack at age 45, okay? And you died. So that was a trauma to your body. And every time you roll in, that came with you. And chances are, and I won't say it's 100%, but chances are that somewhere around in your 40s, you would suffer heart issues again uh, because it had not been cleared from your system. So that's probably the easiest example I can give you. Um, but... Uh, those kinds of traumas, if they're not cleared from the body, will continue to come through and through and through until they are. And that's why it, it's so important in this particular lifetime, uh, because there's so many old souls that have come in to this lifetime to be witness to the uh, shifting of the planet and the vibrational uh, elevation of the planet. So we all came in with 50 pounds of baggage behind us uh, because we've lived so many lifetimes. Uh, so it's very, very, very important, you know, that we work to clear them so that we don't have to come back and do this again. <laughs> and Charlotte actually has an example of something like that. Don't you, Charlotte? I do. And thank you, Deb. Um, I, and I am just, so sad to say that I have not had a shamanic session. And uh, the last time I saw you at Christine's, I said I was going to come and see you, and I will. Um, this will. Is just, yeah, this is fascinating. And um, I'm, I'm so excited to be learning about this today. I actually did, um, I went to a Hay House conference oh. a few years ago um, when it was at the, you know, in D.C. at the Gaylord convention center and brian weiss did a uh, workshop yeah and he walked us all through oh. um this uh, meditation. you're breaking up a little bit charlotte and he, i saw i literally saw sorry okay is that better yes yes Okay, so I, um, during the meditation, I saw myself on the battlefield and a sphere had gone into my lower right abdomen. Yeah. And I literally have recurring pain there. Yeah. And so that was the example I think Christine was mentioning. Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. That comes up a lot. You know, um, I, uh, I work with other shamans, you know, to when I need some healing, I, I will go to them. 
you know, because we all need someone, you know, to, to go to to clear out heavy energy. Um, and it, it's it's always interesting after so many years of clearing layers that still things pop up. You know, I'll see another lifetime that I, I didn't know about, you know. And you were talking about on the battlefield uh, just a couple of months ago, I was laying on my friend's table and that's exactly what I saw. You know, I was on the battlefield and I was running for my life, you know, on the battlefield. I did not want to die. And it was um, this this incredible fear and pain that was coming to the surface that just needed to be cleared. It just needed to be cleared. And I got to say, I felt so much better afterwards. <laughs> so That's I, have an, I have a question. Yeah. I'm like, and I, I kind of view... You is like Wolverine. <laughs> and so I need like an origin story. Like, how did you become Wolverine? Oh, wow. Um, I started my spiritual path, oh my gosh, probably 35, 40 years ago now. Um, I'm 64. Uh, so I, I've been on this path for a while. But what started me down my path? Um uh, was trying to figure out how to heal depression. Because my grandmother, my mother, and then I had it. And I really struggled with it for a long time, and I was bound and determined. There was just something inside of me, because I didn't know about shamanism at that point, but there was something inside of me that just kept me pushing and reading book after book after book. Um, and some things would help for a while, and then it would just all flood back. And it really wasn't until I discovered shamanism and, you know, or or as I like to say, remembered shamanism, you know, from my past lives uh, that I began to heal the layers of ancestral lineage that carried the depression gene. And I'm, I'm happy to say, you know, I am depression free and I have been for many, many years now. Um, so it wasn't about curiosity it was about survival you know because it really was kind of my last stop you know I, of, of dealing with it and um without going any deeper into that I, I think a lot of people can read what I mean by last stop but um it, it's and it has really given me this such deep understanding uh for people that sit in front of me that suffer from depression and you oh there's so many um, that I can relate. There's a compassion. There's an empathy there, and and I also say there there is a way to heal this. There is a way to heal this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's from there led me into being a healer. You know, I didn't start out to go. Oh, I want to be a healer. It, it's you know just sort of where it landed, and it was more of a um, pay it forward kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, to help other people. I feel like Wolverine was the correct metaphor then. <laughs> uh, and, and, and everyone should see Deb's manicure. Yeah. I do love that. That is really beautiful because I feel like spirituality alone really does do a lot for people just that mindset that ability to see beyond 
Yes. So, thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it really is about rewriting our story, you know, and, and that's, that's such an interesting thing because as we move through our traumas and as we heal those layers of trauma, it now opens up this, this whole possibility here of going, I am not that person anymore. Uh, you know, especially people that, that suffer from uh, incest abuse, you know, it just, it just breaks my heart, you know, when, when that's going on, but there is a way past it, you know, that you are not that person anymore. You know, these people are not controlling you anymore and you have the ability to write a new story. And sometimes that is a homework assignment, you know, that nobody gets out of here with it, out of my sessions without a homework assignment. You know, that's just part of it because uh, you, you have to be able to um, do your part um, in healing yourself. But I have given homework assignments of write your new story. What does that look like for you since abuse or trauma, this particular fear uh, doesn't control you anymore. What do you want your story to be? You know, and, and who are you now? And it's just so beautiful to see how that unwinds for people. It's interesting because, you know, when I first started doing wellness, you know, we talk about the wellness wheel and there's different parts to it. There's, you know, there's physical wellness, which is, you know, exercise and sleep and, and what you eat, for example. There's emotional wellness. There's intellectual wellness. There's all these different pieces to it. And spiritual wellness is like one piece of the wheel. However, I've come to view spirit, the spiritual part as the center and everything else sort of comes out from that. And you don't have to start from the spiritual part of it. You can start like I did with the physical part of it. But eventually, you know, it comes around, I believe, to you find that spiritual peace. And that becomes the center. And everything else sort of comes out from that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's like spokes of a wheel. You know, and you, you have that center part and remembering that you are first uh, an illumined being and you are human second. You know, we're wearing this suit and spirituality. I mean, if you really want to get right down to it, it's not religion. It's a belief. So I have people from all walks of culture. You know, I, I, I had a client from Islam um, a few months ago, um, and we were able to connect very nicely. Um, but uh, name a religion, they, they've sat in front of me. And uh, there is always a way to connect, absolutely always a way to connect. Because basically what, what I do is work with people's energy. And, you know, I, I just want to um, just say a few things about energy so that we understand that energy is infinite and it follows us through lifetime after lifetime. It is everywhere and in everything. 
Energy is light, heat, sound, objects, gravity, fuel, chemicals, and electricity, etc. So our memories, feelings, emotions, thoughts are also patterns of tiny energy impulses. Your body manifests different layers of energy referred to as the human energy field. And it's also known as your aura. So all of this stuff that we go through um, and, and accumulating energy, it attaches to us. But once we understand that it's energy, you know, like turning on a, a light switch or turning off a light switch or plugging something in or pulling something out, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And that's what, um, as Reiki, Reiki masters, you know, also do this cranial sacral uh, people. Uh, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head that work specifically with energy. So do shamans. So do shamans. And we go in and we either work with the present lifetime, the past lifetime, or believe it or not, the future lives. We, we see we can go in either direction and pull out what needs to be pulled out because the past, the present, and the future are all existing at the same time. Um, but what I say to people is paying attention to where you are in the present, not worrying so much about the past and not getting anxious about what's coming up in the future is the only possible part that we can ever control is the future. Or, I'm sorry, is the, the present. present. And the present affects the past and it affects the future because they're all happening at the same time. Yeah. And, and I remember that being a difficult concept for myself. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I have used that concept, that construct of being able to go back and affect my past. Um, and, you know, something that happened to me when I was a girl and it was very traumatic for me and going back, being able to go back and be there with myself at that moment, you know, and, and healing myself from that moment forward. And it's amazing what an effect that has. It really does work. So you know, whether you believe that, that or not, that doesn't mean that it, it it's not that it's not an effective strategy for healing trauma, you know, right. and, 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 and that's kind of what we want to do. Right. That, right. That's the point. Absolutely. And, and just piggybacking on that, just a little bit about trauma for each person that, that sits in front of me, they have a fear or a trauma. Otherwise they wouldn't be sitting in front of me. Um, you know, something that's been, they've been struggling with for a long time. Um, it's very real. It's very real to them. Um, where to maybe that same thing to another person may be like water off of a duck's back. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to look at what is real to them and treat that very seriously. Um, because we, we need to find the source of it. And finding the source of that may be in this lifetime or going back into past lives um, 
to find the source of where that happened. Uh, like the example I gave to Charlotte, where you had a heart attack a hundred lifetimes ago. It, you know, it's the same thing, you know, with, with um, child abuse and whatnot. Nine times out of 10, I track it back to a past life where somebody was abandoned. Um, they were abused. Um, they were raped. They were murdered. Something happened um, that caused a piece of their soul, so to speak, to snap off, to break off and to go into hiding. And it's, it's up to uh, the shaman to go back into that lifetime and find that piece and bring it back and blow it back into someone's heart uh, so that it can reintegrate into the energy body and begin to fully heal and that's a ceremony that we call soul retrieval when we do that. And any shaman who, who does any kind of work knows soul retrievals. You know, we're, we're doing them all the time. Um, it's just amazing uh, how many pieces we've lost along the way and to bring them back and to reintegrate them back in for healing. So I'm curious, Deb, um, can you talk a little bit about what a session is like? Mm. And by that, um, you, know, you know, you've touched on, on, on the overall um, uh, point of, of shamanism. Um, also, when you're working with an individual, uh, kind of maybe a, a couple of examples. And then I'm also wondering if, if you use tools during mm. the session, like crystals or, um, you know, uh, herbs or oils <laughs> all of the above yes <laughs> now a typical session starts with me uh, just bringing someone in and sitting them down in front of uh, in front of me and I, I will just say talk to me just talk to me and most people say well I don't know where to start I said just jump in anywhere and inevitably it leads them right to where we need to be um, you know, because they, they may be a bit nervous at first, going, I don't know what I'm supposed to expect, or I get calls all the time, how do I prepare <laughs> for a session? And there is no preparing. It, it's you just show up. And there's a conversation back and forth as I begin to explain a little bit about what what energy healing is, you know, and, and how it works and how it applies to uh, the issues that the uh, client is struggling with. And uh, I get them to a point where they're very, they're comfortable, you know, they're, they're, they're ready to go lay on the table in front of me um, and just relax and just allow it to happen. Some people are very afraid of, of what might happen. You know, others are excited to jump on the table. So it's up to me to get everybody as comfortable as possible before I lay them down uh, so that they have an idea or an understanding as to what is going to happen. And yes, I do use tools. Um, but first and foremost, I call in the directions. And there are six directions. There's north, south, east, and west, but there's also earth and there's also sky. And then we add in the seventh, all of the guides and the teachers uh, that work with me, but also work with the client that's in front of me. Um, and then once that's done, I'll start rattling. 
And the rattle is an interesting tool. Um, and the rattle that I use is a gourd. And inside there are seeds uh, from this dried gourd. And from uh, Peruvian or Andean cosmology, those seeds are our ancestors. So when we start rattling, uh, we're calling in the ancestors uh, of who's laying on the table, but also uh, my ancestors for assistance, because I don't do this alone. You know, I'm just the hollow bone or the conduit um, that they come through to bring healing for the client. So I rattle to bring everybody in, to bring in the directions, and then I uh, open their chakras first and foremost. Uh, I just do an initial cleaning of their chakras and basically head to toe um, clearing. So uh, I, I use um, a feather uh, to help facilitate the clearing uh, as I open up each of the seven major chakra points uh, of the body. And then I lay stones. I lay healing stones on all of the chakra points. And that's to continue to help pull up and out any of the heavy energy that has collected in the body. I'm asking it to collect and come up and out through the open chakra points. And then I go down to the feet um, and for me, it's a personal thing with the feet. Um, and, and this kind of goes back to Jesus bathing the feet of the paupers, you know, those, those Bible stories that, that we grew up with. But there is this personal connection with me with the feet going, I need to touch the feet. I need to clear the feet. I need to clean the feet, you know, and that is my honoring of the person laying on the table. Um, and then moving up to the head, the back of the spine, helping the client release even more things that are stored in the body. Um, and then I, I use the drum. And I drum over the client and the drum goes back to, uh, it's, it's the heartbeat. You know, it's the natural heartbeat and it connects in with the body and it shakes loose, um, any additional heavy energy that needs to be removed from the body. And some people react very violently <laughs> to the drum. You know, they'll get up going, I hated that drum. I absolutely hated that drum. But it was shaking things loose that needed to come loose. And, and it was bothering them, you know, because things were being shifted. Others um, are mesmerized by the drum. They, they feel it. They understand it. They, it brings them to a place of being home a remembering for their lifetimes um, that the drum is very, very important in, uh, in working things out. And then I will go into uh, another rattling phase of uh, journeying on behalf of the client. Now it could be for a soul retrieval. It could be um, journeying to find a couple of their guides that are here with them, you know, for this particular ceremony, some of their animal guides uh, that are showing up 
Um, once again, uh, reiterating a past life that they're showing me that's pertinent to whatever the client is going through at that moment. So those are things that I write down very quickly um, after I'm done rattling because that's what I give back to the client so that they have that in their hand when they leave. They know who's been here. Um, so, and then whatever else needs to come up. Sometimes I'll go deeper into some of the heart chakras, going deeper to pull out you know, stuff that's been stuck there for lifetimes that just needs to come up and out. Um, other times I will uh, do a ceremony that uh, takes me back through all of the lifetimes and allows me to do a clearing of heavy energy, uh, at least as much as possible in one session. Um, to pull out uh, heavy energy that's blocking things. Uh, so it clears the way and allows you to open up to be who you are today. And then towards the end of the ceremony, I uh, use some tuning forks uh, over the body just to bring the body completely back into balance um, with the same earth vibration, you know, that we're living in. And then once um, I'm finished and I call the client back into the room. Uh, we'll sit and we'll, we'll chat, you know, for another 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so of, of what just happened, what I saw. And I also ask them what they saw, uh, because they may be having a totally different, you know, thing going on as they're laying there while I'm doing my thing. And I always want to acknowledge that. And I, I'm curious. I am curious. What did you see? What did you feel? And some people, you know, they feel the tingles, you know, uh, of the energy working through the body. Some get really hot. Some get really cold. You know, some see a lot of color. Uh, some see uh, almost like a mini strip, film strip going by of past lives. Um, you know, it's different for everybody, but, you know, I love hearing about it and, you know, whether they felt something or not, the energy work was done, you know, and that, that's such a beautiful thing for me. So <laughs> I love amazing. the drum. Yeah. I love the drum. The drum is just, just feels so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you connect to it. You know, you, you, you've had several past lives as a healer. So, uh, you know, you, you know that drum and you, you understand uh, the importance uh, of the healing ability of it. I also remember, and this only happened the very first session we did, feeling a presence yeah. in the room with us. I have no idea what that presence was, but it was profound. Yeah. And it really, I mean, it was like, because I was not a believer in anything <laughs> at that point. It was so intense. So that, yeah. that, that really, that was, that was great. Yeah. Well, and you needed to experience that. You needed to feel that and, and look at the, look at the path you've walked since. You know, it, it, it opened a door and that's really all a session is about is cracking that door open for whoever is, is sitting in front of me. Um, cause it's not really about me to teach them truths. It's about me cracking the door open so you can find your own truth. 
no two shamans are alike. No two Reiki healers are alike. You know, I, healer is a healer, and we have our own individual strengths. And that's what we bring uh, to the table, you know, when we, we work on someone. Um, and that can also be, too, where you find a healer that you just didn't connect with, you know, because their strengths weren't matching or you weren't feeling it. But you go to someone else and you're like, oh, my gosh, they were fantastic because that energy connection clicked uh, and you were you were able to interface in a healing way, which was awesome. I'm just like, I really am intrigued by the whole concept of the past life regression, too. And I feel like I have the silly dumb question. <laughs> it's the best way. I'm like, I feel like everybody's like, let's talk about this like profoundly. And I'm like, what's the craziest past life you've ever gone into? <laughs> oh, wow. So oh, wow. My brain was going, I was like, this is a really profound, beautiful conversation. And I don't want to move it. <laughs> but I really want to know, like, what was the, what? like, you got there and you were like, Oh, I don't know if I should be here. <laughs> well, I, I've had many of those. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting because um, you can go deep into ceremony, you know, in a meditational way as well. But um, a lot of shamans, uh, we we partake in things called ayahuasca. Um, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, um, which is, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it's a nature psychedelic, I guess. Um, they call it the vine of death. Uh, but it, what it really means is a death and rebirth um, as you're moving through it. it it's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's an all-night thing. And um, you really, you see so much. Um but I've, I've seen myself, um, you know, as a Japanese geisha. I've, you know, been a native Indian uh, multiple times. Um, I've had conversations with the Divine Mother. Um, you know, I, I met my dad, you know, after he had passed. I met him in ceremony, you know, and spent the night together with him, you know, just talking and being... Uh, um, it's 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 amazing what opens up if you allow your mind to be open to receive. Um, ayahuasca can be a tough thing if you're not willing to be open, you know, and lean into it. Um, one ceremony I remember um, meeting uh, with Mother Nature, you know, just and she she laid in front of me sobbing. And it's, it was so uh, emotional for me because she was struggling, you know, she, and she is still struggling uh, to upright the earth and to see her laying in front of me uh, sobbing like that was, was just mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. Um, but one other time, because I, I did not have children in this lifetime, um, but... 
I discovered that there was, I, you know, had I chosen to, there were three children lined up waiting um, for me. And I met them in ceremony. Uh, so we did a ceremony within a ceremony, you know, and they said, it's all right, I'll see you again, you know. Um, but it was very, um, very emotional, you know, going through that and meeting them, you know, and, and seeing their beautiful souls um, and realizing that it was planned, but, you know, plans change and, you know, we'll, we'll see each other yet again. Um, so I hope that helps. Um, there's been so many. <laughs> beautiful. I feel like. So I have a weird question that's kind of popping up right now, too. And so I'm wondering, like, you having had those three kids, could they show up in this life differently if you decided not to have them? Um, the way we left it was they we would see each other yet again. Um, because we come from soul families. And we do come in as soul families. And the soul family isn't necessarily your biological family. Um, it, it's also friends. It's, it's people you work with. It's, uh, you know, so many people that kind of revolve in your world, uh, you know, maybe daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, but they're part of your soul family. So in a past life, you know, one of my children was probably like my mother or my father, you know, and coming into this lifetime, we were going to do a role reversal. Um, so, and we've done that hundreds of times, hundreds of times. So missing one lifetime isn't going to, you know, really change that, that much. Um, it just means whatever we were going to try to work out in this particular lifetime, yeah, we'll do it in the next life. It, it's okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. I'm by that. I need to come to a session now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you <Very> do. <laughs> so the other thing I know that Kelsey is, is interested in asking about, because we had talked about this, um, I think before, before we started was spirit animals oh yes 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 yeah. i like like painfully intrigued <laughs> yeah you know we we are as as healers first of all because you all are healers just just as i am um we walk, work with a menagerie of of animals that walk with us and help us and it could be the animals in our life right now, dogs, cats, horses, you know, just to name a few um, that work with us. Uh, my, my dogs, you know, especially when I'm doing uh, phone work or Zoom work, they like to sit in here with me um, because they love that energy and they bring energy. Uh, and they're, they're, they're my guides. They're part of my guides. Uh, but you can do a uh, meditation, you know, to go and find out who some of your animal totems are. Um, I found out early on, Hawk is a major one of mine. Uh, and Hawk generally comes and stays for life, um, you know, with whomever they're working with. Uh, but I've had others that have shown up 
along the way. Uh, bear is is a huge one for me, um, but uh, deer another major one for me that always shows up. You know, if I'm upset, generally if I'm angry or upset, it shows up to remind me to be gentle with myself. Um, you know, just 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 calm down, calm the heck down. You know. Um, but any uh, type of animal that you consistently see in nature kind of over and over and over again, they're one of your guides. They're one of your guides. Um, a lot of animals will show up if somebody you love dearly passes. They'll come back. Um, you know, my dad comes back as a cardinal, you know, and, you know, knocks on that window. And I'm like, hi, dad. Hi. Um but butterflies, you know, uh, I, I get stories a lot from people. That, oh, yeah, you know, my aunt, my my dad, my, you know, somebody came back as a butterfly. And butterflies are just beautiful, beautiful metaphors of lighten up. Just lighten up. Be happy. Uh, where a dragonfly is, uh, change is coming, you know, changes are afoot. Um, snakes. You know, I, I, I struggled with snakes for a lot of years because I didn't understand. Well, it's one of my main guides that shows up that lets me know when I'm getting ready to shed something. You know, when I'm, I'm getting ready to let go of something. I'm very um, happy they did not pick me. <laughs> <laughs> I do not need snakes just showing up in my life right now. Oh, <laughs> I, I struggled with that for a long time because I was definitely afraid of snakes, you know. Um, but then I began to uh, understand, you know, as, as I'm learning shamanism, that, that it it's, must be, it's, it's a serpent spirit that helps you shed um, everything that is no longer serving a purpose for your highest good. And every couple of years, you shed things. You just do. Uh, so I had to go through a process of learning to understand them, learning to respect them. And uh, when I do see them to lean in and go, okay, okay, all right, <laughs> what are we shedding? Let's get through this um, instead of fighting it. So, um, so animals are very, very important. And, and it's an easy thing to do, uh, do a, a simple meditation and there are guided meditations on YouTube that'll take you to find your animal guides. Um, you don't have just one, you have hundreds, you know, and it just depends on where you're at in life and what you're going through, uh, who shows up to help you get through it. I remember when we first went into this uh, COVID, this world of COVID, and you and I started, I couldn't come see you in person for a while. And so we did phone we did guided meditations over the phone and those were really wonderful i really enjoyed those so just i'm just throwing that out there and i also remember when i first started seeing you snake would show up yeah a lot yeah snake and yeah. eagle yeah yeah yeah, it, it's um, the the Andean medicine wheel, just like the, the Indians have a medicine wheel. There's so many different kinds of medicine wheels out there all over the earth. 
Um, but the Andean Peruvian medicine wheel, which is my base, my my belief system, you know, that I build off of for what I do, um, we start in the South. And the South is serpent spirit because you've got to shed um, what needs to be shed before we can move through uh, the rest of the medicine wheel. And from there, we move to the West, which is Mother Sister Jaguar. And Mother Sister Jaguar helps us um, diminish our fears one at a time with courage, dignity, grace, and love. And you notice I didn't say fear, hate, anger. You know, you you have to lean into it gently and you have to grasp each fear one at a time and say, how do you work with me? How do I become friends with you? And Mother Sister Jaguar helps you move through that process. And then from there, we move to the north, which is hummingbird spirit. And hummingbird spirit is right relationship with all, with all. And also in the north are our ancestors. And this is where we begin to realize that we are all as one and we connect in with our ancestors so that they begin to help us. And then we move to the east, which is the eagle and the condor. And that is new beginnings, new horizons. Um, an eagle condor takes us up above the muck and the mire, which is everyday, um, uh, you know, life on this earth plane and helps us to see the bigger picture, helps us to see. Uh, so those are just some examples of some of the uh, animal totems. Yeah, and there are so many. And um, and then if you could just take a couple minutes to talk about Ascended Masters who also come and show up because I, yeah. um, I've had um, a few of those show up yeah. for me and, and, and angels as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and every healer works with a different set of masters and teachers. Uh, some of them I, you could probably Google and read about. Others you'll like, I've never heard of these people. Um, but for me, uh, you know, I, I have uh, Archangel Michael shows up a lot. Uriel shows up a lot. Gabriel shows up a lot. But Jesus also shows up uh, quite a bit. And, you know, and I look at Jesus not from a religious standpoint, but he's my shaman brother, you know, that, that, that's helping to bring information. But then again, I have, you know, other uh, guys like Black Elk, um, who also walks with me, uh, that, that steps in and brings information. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, Vera Kocha, which is more of a Peruvian uh, Andean cosmology, but will show up, you know, when needed. Um, Padre Pio, uh, who's connected with the Catholic Church. Um, and you can read about Padre. Uh, there's a lot written about him. He's actually a saint in the Catholic Church uh, now. Uh, brings healing, you know, just this very sweet, soft healing. Um, I have a... Uh, 
uh, Aboriginal elder named Makuti, which I don't know that anything's been written about him, but he'll show up to bring information uh, uh, to uh, individuals that are laying on the table. Uh, so it just depends on what is needed uh, in that particular session. Uh, you know, certain guides will show up, you know, and I may get a guide and I'll never see them again, you know, but they showed up for that particular person. But also uh, on occasion, I will actually get some of their biological um, family that'll show up, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, and I generally I see them standing at the head you know, of, of them laying there. And it, it's more of a, uh, oh, presiding over the ceremony, <laughs> you know, making sure I do it right. <laughs> so I hope, I hope that helped a little bit. That did. Yes. Thank you. Oh, do you, either of you have any more specific questions? About a thousand, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'll continue my questions in a in a session. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you. <laughs> and I need to follow up very close behind her. Come on, <laughs> come on over. Come on over. <laughs> so Deb, why don't you just uh, let us know how people can contact you if they're interested in doing anything over either over the phone or in person? Sure. Yeah, you you can get in touch with me um, at Deb Heisel at yahoo.com and that's D-E-B-H-E-I-S-E-L at yahoo.com. And my phone number is 571-214-5072. And you can call me or text me. Um, or send me an email and, you know, I'm happy to talk to you. Um, you know, sometimes people are referred to me and they're not sure why they got referred to me. Uh, so I, a lot of times I will spend some time talking to somebody on the phone just to kind of do a precursory uh, explanation as to what, what it's all about uh, so that they can make a, an informed decision as to whether they want to come or not. So, yeah, that was wonderful. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I so had much fun. fun. <laughs> and I will be seeing you again soon as well. So, <laughs> so I look forward to it. Thank you. Every, thank you for being here with us. Um, and, Thanks for having me. And Charlotte and Kelsey, thank you for showing up for this. I'm really enjoying this podcast. So yes. this is Outrageous mm-hmm. Wellness. Um, if you heard something you liked today, uh, please refer us to a friend. And um, I hope everybody has a wonderful day, a wonderful week, a wonderful 2022. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye.